It's Magnum Podcast. I'm Jason Snell, joined as always by my good friends, David J. Lauren, Philip Michaels. Hi, guys. In the words of our friend, Tim Goodman, in the words oh. of... Whoa, Bill no, David, Brutal. what are you doing? Bill oh, Walton no. would never sponsor a oh. basketball league in Hawaii. Oh, Just brutal. Coach Wooden used to tell me, <laughs> be quick, don't hurry. The Grateful Dead once said to me, I don't remember now. Bill Walton, he's mentioned say, in this episode, you see. Say, say, fellas, do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I'm one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone. No doubt about it. Hey, it's Basket Case, which is based on the Green Day song of the same name, I assume. <laughs> no, it's, it's a Blondie song. It's a Blondie song. Oh, no. no. Oh, terrible. <laughs> the Pax Pacific Boeing Conference, the Conference of Champions. I Coach believe it's Warden called the never Floating approve. Zone. Oh. Have you heard of the floating zone? The floating zone. zone. Oh, it's oh terrible. I haven't seen that sort of an antiquated defense since the North African Anglos. Oh. <laughs> um, it's going to be that kind of episode, everybody. Yes. <laughs> if you're still listening. No, people just are hurling nope. their iPhones into a fire. Yep. Some, somewhere Tim Goodman is twitching and he doesn't know why. Doesn't just, know why. Mm. Be quick. Don't hurry. Um, this is an the episode. The first thing we learn is how to put on our socks so we wouldn't get blisters. <laughs> um, this episode begins with a kid who is uh, guess, is he a ghost I, kid? Oh, I oh, guess hit by, kid. hit by a car and there's a basketball, and, and then we have what I believe is my first example of it from Magnum PI, at least in a while. A hey, it's that kid. Ah, uh, yes, because our guest star in this episode playing Teresa Willie. Henderson is Dana Hill, who you will absolutely recognize from Shoot the Moon or National Lampoon's European Vacation or a bunch of other TV shows or that she was in the after school special and things like the, that. Mork and Mindy. The, the very the, the very serious special special episode movie Fallen Angel. Mm. Uh, or or the sitcom The Two of Us oh, with Peter Cook and Mimi Kennedy. She was in, um, I mean, I, I don't think you could have watched TV in this period and not no. say, oh, hey, she it's was that everywhere kid. for a while. It's Dana, Kill, Dana Hill. And, and, and rightly so, because she's very talented. Um, I will also say, before we get into uh, the details of this episode, um, she, th- this episode... Um, I don't know if it's her. I don't know if it's the director. It's a kid actor. It's probably the director or the writers of the producer's fault. Has been instructed to talk like literally every streetwise kid character in all media ever devised. No, it's, it's basically they Tatum O'Neill her up. In this yeah. From yeah, because this is, this is totally the Bad News Bears yeah. Magnum mm-hmm. style. Uh, but yeah, she's mm-hmm. she is much better generally than she is in this episode. Yeah. And when they shot this, she was 19. She, she 
was a very youthful. Well, she she uh, was a diabetic and apparently had her and, growth yeah. was stunted and it, it led ultimately yeah. to her death in the 90s. Um, but uh, it d- did mean that she got to play, got to, had to play kid roles yeah, for she a, had long, a long, a long time. Of kid roles as a result. Right. A, a Gary Coleman-esque kind of uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Where you could get away with it for a little while longer. Here in this episode, she is a uh, good basketball player who also has a surprising range of other knowledge because she spends her time in the library. Uh, no comments are made in this episode about the Dewey Decimal System, thank- thankfully. Um, but so she ends up kind of warming her way into Magnum's life as Magnum and TC are coaching rival basketball teams, and there's you know a, a bet being laid and. Rick gets Ice Pick in. Ice Pick, when we see him, seems like a reasonable man. Yet somehow he has made a big bet on so, yeah, a cockamamie the, basketball game. So I generally enjoyed this episode up sure, until yes. the point where there is a lot of money and point spreads changing hands <laughs> on a yes. basketball game involving children. Just a bunch of kids. Playing Just basketball. a bunch of kids. It is like someone went down to their local YBA league and said, "20 quat lose on the uh, yeah. on the the the, the, <laughs> the tall kids." Yeah, you wouldn't. And, yeah. you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. No, it's, it's you, almost. You really have a problem with gambling if you are betting on children's right. sports. My my head is that you know Rick was like, "Oh, I got to bet on this. This is great. This is going to be. You know, I I know what it's going to be." And he goes to Ice Pick, and Ice Pick is just like, "All right, Rick. Whatever. Well, fine." You know, he's just indulging Rick because yeah, Rick is an idiot. There should not be a be- a point spread on uh, no. a game between TC's team and, and Magnum's team. Although when we when we first see Magnum uh, in this episode, he's he is using Rick to spy on TC's practice. Um, well, see know. that makes sense because they're they're they're. It, 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 having Rick and uh, or having TC and Magnum elevate a children's contest to something far more significant than it actually is that is fitting with their yeah. friend their friendship and their character. Yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and and yeah, I mean, just going into betting and point spreads takes it a little too far. Yes, That's exactly. Did, they didn't need that. They didn't. No, they didn't need that. Um. So and I, and I do like the the semantics of you know Magnum saying I said I wasn't going to spy on him, I'm not going to look at him, but he's you know back to back with Rick who's got the binoculars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that is a funny bit. Funny bit. I also um, we we get the um, we we immediately know that um, Willie is kind of a badden. Yes. Because she, um, we're introduced to her th- basically throwing herself in front of a rental uh-huh. car, yep. and faking an injury, and the, the 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 squabbling couple are all, "Oh, we don't have insurance here. Let's just give you some money to go, to go away. away." And she's she's basically the yeah. the uh, adolescent slipping Jimmy of eighties yeah. Hawaii. And, and yeah. later, what we discover I- is that she's been taught this technique by her uh, foster parents, including <laughs> yes. uh, William Shallert. <gasps> who you may remember Rich. either from uh, as a officious uh, bureaucrat in the Trouble with Tribbles of Star Trek, or yeah. as a uh, pharmacist in a zillion ads for Rite Aid. I want to say I think so. in the nineties and two thousands, well, something like that. You yeah. you anticipated my segment, oh, uh, which I will introduce right now, because uh, because you warned us we we're going to say, hey, it's that kid, yeah, but this is. My, it's that guy, or or you could it's say it's that pharmacist. It's yes, it's six degrees of incomparable, 
because oh. this is this is maybe the weirdest form of glenning. I don't know because <clears throat> it's William Shallert who we're not used to seeing as as a bad as guy. a bad guy. No, right? Like Nils Barris in the Trouble with Tribbles is a jerk. He's a but he's hap- not he's hapless not the bureaucrat. Yes, yeah. And and but you know he was he was Carson Drew on Glenn Larson's Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Mysteries. He was a, a professor on Dobie Gillis. He had you know dozens of roles on, over his uh, decades, uh, including one on an episode of Little House in the Prairie, uh, the episode Centennial, where he played a man named Snell. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Wow. So you there mean, you go. That's great. Oh. You mean Little House on the Prairie, the TV show that was shot in my hometown? Uh, yes, that mm-hmm. is that is the one. So yeah, all the pieces. Who knows? Together. Yeah, who yeah. Knows? Obviously, a character named in gratitude for my father fixing Melissa Gilbert's braces while they were shooting. There you go. Little House in the Prairie. Clearly, that is what William Shallert was playing. Yeah. Um, I would also like to yes. uh, introduce my Let's suddenly do it. recurring segment, <laughs> Phil, Phil's PSA for the episode. Oh, you know, great. Uh, Magnum <laughs> podcast listeners, when you decline the insurance at a rental car agency, you are still covered by your own Your insurance. own insurance, indeed. <laughs> yeah. So you do not have to settle with the street urchin who has thrown <laughs> themselves in front of the car. Yeah. You can actually uh, uh, rely on your own insurance. Yes, it's a pain so. in the in the rear end, but uh, I think you'll find that they will go to bat for you Indeed. in a so, way that uh, handing that street urchin what twenty bucks, thirty bucks, what, uh, whatever they gave her. Who so knows? so take that, Ernie and Gloria, who yeah. actually had character names. Which we'll never see again. Never see mm-hmm. again. Um, so that's what you get for wearing a suit on your Hawaiian vacation. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> I had that thought too. The uh, they're a very unhappy couple. They're going to get divorced as soon as they get back. No, to obviously, I, they maybe may be they there to, to get divorced. Maybe it's a thing like when you used to have to go to Reno, yeah, to get yeah. a divorce. You go to Hawaii to get a divorce. They've established residency it. in Hawaii, and that's <laughs> why they're that's there. It. I don't know. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I don't think that works. Uh, Magnum discovers that uh, that Willie is good at basketball because when she dribbles, she goes all the way around all the players. And sweet Georgia Brown plays, and that's she a true sign too. She dribbles it through. She his does legs. right through Magnum's right. legs while talking they, like every streetwise kid ever put on film. Boy, do they lean on sweet Georgia Brown? Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot oh. of sweet Georgia Brown. Yeah, it shows up in the end credits. Too. The national yeah. anthem of basketball. It's in the opening teaser. It's when she's yeah. introduced, and it's in the end credits. Uh, somebody yeah. just really wanted it. Higgins is mad that there's basketballing going on at the at the estate, it, leading to. Um, a line Even though that, it's Robin's team. Yes. yes. It, leading to a line that I, I enjoyed from Higgins where he says, Magnum, I have learned to put up with your door slamming and you're shouting like a Hong Kong fishmonger. <laughs> but this <laughs> that made, incessant that made my wife laugh dribbling, out <laughs> shouting like a Hong Kong fishmonger. What a, that is a strangely line. precise thing uh-huh. for Higgins to say, but I love it. And then he <laughs> and then he details, of course, the success of, of his basketball team and the, the North African Anglos, Ed. which gets a laugh from everybody, from Magnum, certainly, and from the audience, I think. And and the uh, the, the defense that I believe is now called the floating zone, although mm-hmm. that's and not what he called it. I will say, when when Higgins goes, it's a defense called the floating zone. There's Have a you great, heard of it? Great and, take and to the camera. Selleck yeah. does a beautiful take, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, just, and uh-huh. it's split second. Yep. Go yep. on. So I have subtle. to say, as a fellow who played youth basketball in the mm-hmm. 1980s, um, 
many a practice we ran the three man weave that you see both of the <laughs> oh, uh, oh, uh, yes. teams doing. <laughs> a practice that I never understood why we were doing because in actual games you cannot just run around not dribbling. <laughs> the defense will get in your yes. way, and the three man weave is relatively useless, well, I would argue. Yeah. You're trying to just get people accustomed to be able to make quick passes make quick passes and move but they, they do a drill earlier later on in the, the episode which we also did in youth basketball where where it's you know keep your hands ready and some guy's gonna throw a ball at you at random and yeah you gotta be ready that to me is a is a better drill for young basketballers than the uh, three-man weave an antiquated mm. silly way of uh, teaching youth to play the basketball. Oh, brutal. Nobody does a three-man weave. <laughs> oh, the three-man weave is why I was able to lead UCLA to three national championships. Coach wouldn't believe oh. in the three-man weave. He trusted it. Um, Willie, the scenes where Willie gets to the estate are great. Um, yeah. the, she says this place... This place is great. And uh, Higgins' response is, this place, as you call it. Yes, Higgins. Place is the correct word to refer <laughs> yes. to the estate. What? Uh, nice, to me- nice to meet you, she says to Higgy. Nice to meet you, Higgy. Is he your butler? But moments later, she is antiques road showing the hell out of the estate. Incredibly <laughs> impressing Higgins with her knowledge of antiques and, and the, the ages of various figurines and boxes and other things as well as sharing her technique for blanching walnuts because higgins like a fool did not remove the skins from the walnuts thereby thereby rendering his walnut tarts horribly bitter yes but Teresa, which we discover is willie's real name uh and she says it's private don't get don't let that get around uh the they're they're having a great time so it's like uh she is who is this kid she can play basketball. She knows about. She can talk like Higgins. What? 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 What's her story? And she tells Magnum another story, which is also still not true. About uh, her background, uh, she says, you know, because she has said she's Bill Walton's niece, niece. Uh, yeah, uh, something some, like that, some relative to Bill Walton. I I don't have any uh, relatives yeah. that age. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Mag- Magnum's already That's found out. Lie. Already found out that Bill Walton isn't staying at the hotel and all that, and she tells another lie, and it's like Magnum knows that she's she's not quite lying, but um, she's also being stalked by a uh, a what I refer to as a smiling yokel in a truck. (laughs) I I I was going for Grapes of Wrath era Oki. Yeah, 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 that works. Yeah, this is like the uh, Tom Joad. Tom Joad. (laughs) Yeah, very happy Tom Joad is after Uh her because he's always smiling. And he yeah. grabs her at the water fountain. That's the you know she stops for a moment to drink some water at the water fountain, and that's oh, when that was her her mistake. Then the smiling yokel gets gets her, and then that's when we reveal that William Shallard, as well as a, a lady named Vera, are her fa- foster parents. And the, the father from the Patty Duke show. Yeah, I know. Come on. And it's great. It, it, they're like, oh, you know, you. She says, you just like me because. You get a check from the state, and they're like, "We can send you back to juvie." You shut your mouth, basically. And she's like, "All right, well, whatever." <laughs> also, also, given these these real um, 
uh, telegraphed accents to where you're you're supposed to feel about them a certain way. Yes, and yes, and it is not like a Hawaiian patois or even like we are mainlanders came to the island. It is basically like they have fallen off the turnip truck in Oahu and <laughs> are are raising uh, uh, kith and kin there. And they're, you're supposed yeah. to go, oh, you, you horrible hayseeds. Well, they're and, like and, a step away from Bob and June Wheeler on and, Night Court. And this yeah. is this is Shallard. Yeah, they got hayseed accents. This is Shallard being, I would say, like David's been saying, miscast in that these, these I mean, Vera is a, a more of a bumpkin. William Shallard comes across as being like, I don't know, he's like a, he's a New sly. England a uh, hoity-toity New England guy or something, and instead he's like, "Listen, we got a, we got some some business to do here." And like, I just don't, I don't, I don't buy it at all. I mean, Princess, he says, "Princess, tell us about that robin's nest." I'm really interested in that robin's nest. He's not the guy from the Pepperidge Farm commercials, but you can see him going Pepperidge Farms remembers. Yeah, except <laughs> or except not here. And mean, meanwhile, you've got uh, you've got Dana Hill doing her. Uh, her Tatum O'Neill, where she's like, "Oh man, I clocked you like a like a cuckoo. You're, you're, we're gonna be. You're, it's gonna be clean to the heat." <laughs> she says at one point, "Like, <laughs> what are you even talking about?" Anyway, so they're gonna they're gonna try to use her for 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 crime of, uh, and turn it on uh, Robin Masters and, and the estate. Clearly. Oh, and and one of my favorite lines of hers where, "Come on, Magnum, this is the '80s. That kind of stuff went out with high button shoes." Yeah. How okay. would she know high button yeah. shoes? No, no, I, no. What? Um, the, the, we get we get some more basketball magnum dunks. Rick says the point spread has changed again. We talked about that. That's very silly. TC's mad because he's convinced Magnum has a ringer. There is some well, trash talk between TC and Magnum where he points out that Magnum hasn't been playing basketball since he was at the Naval Academy, which there's a height limit, and therefore you're the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the Naval Academy. And <laughs> Magnum's response is to say, yes, well, TC, you played for grumbling. He says, grambling. And I thought, <laughs> Magnum, grambling is a legitimate thing. That's your best shot on yeah. TC? Is he yeah. went to uh, HBCU? <laughs> come on, yes. Magnum. Come on. Yeah. Grumbling. Traditionally a bigger football power than a basketball True. Power. And maybe, that's, yeah. maybe that was Magnum's ultimate point. Yes. Also, he was stung by the being called the Naval Academy's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. Ouch. But... But they do wind up playing a, a quick round of one-on-one. One-on-one, yeah. Which, now, I don't know how long it took them to shoot it, but I do appreciate that a lot of those are unbroken cuts where we see them making the shots. Yes, they used all they, the shots they where job. they where they where the ball went in, which is very nice because yeah. it's, it's, it's real. I'll point out that although during practices, uh, Thomas has his team play shirts versus skins, this one-on-one game is shorts versus long pants because <laughs> nothing better than playing some hoops wearing long pants like TC. Oh, but there we that's are. That's how good he is. Yes. Well, that's that. That's the handicap. That's like you make the horse carry the extra weight. I to, see. Uh, TC has to play yeah. it in pants. I can beat you, uh-huh. Magnum, in pants. And he's shooting left-handed. And as they end up arguing with each other, there's a wacky, zany comedy bit where there's a pop from off screen and the, 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 one of the lads has uh, punctured the basketball. Womp womp. 
which I'm I'm not sure that would happen that way, but no, so, I don't know. So the foster parents say, oh, Magnum is just using you for your basketball skills. We're your real friends. We're a family. To which, to which, to her credit, Willie says, give me a break, will ya? <laughs> sure. Okay. That's great. Um, Magnum confronts her about her lies. She says the truth about the foster family and everything and leaves. Higgins is appalled. Magnum th- thinks, yeah, she's a liar. And H- Higgins is like, not with her, Magnum. With you. Oh, Oh, it hurts. It hurts. So he goes to, to Willie and he apologizes. And he says, Higgins was really yelling at me. He said I was petulant and insensitive. Those aren't words I even understand. And she's, well, you should pay more attention to books like me. I just live at the library and go crash at the foster places when the library closes. That's all I got, she says. Books and basketball. Which would have been a better title for this episode, by the way, than Basket yeah, maybe. Case. Maybe. Yeah. Books and basketball were what I had at UCLA. Right. Oh, Coach Wooden said this little orchard. It's all anybody needed: books and basketball. Oh, oh, and bogs too. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they're going to raid the estate because she's going to go over there for dinner. Higgins has decided to dress up uh, in a tuxedo. Uh, Magnum is wearing his usual shorts and flower shirt. That's a good bit. Where you're like, <laughs> yes. why is he in a tuxedo? Cut over to Magnum. Oh, Magnum hasn't again. It's not he's not wearing anything other than his usual. Um, they let her in, but the two creeps come in with her. Um, she identifies the meal that uh, Higgins has made, seemingly by smell. Although apparently she gave him the recipes. Yeah, so um, less impressive, really. So then, yeah, that takes away. They go on the patio. The creeps come in to ransack the living room while they're out on the patio. She doesn't actually like the food. You get the sense that this is we, we've reached our limit with Willie, with Teresa, that she's good with the book learning, but ha- doesn't have a lot of life experience other than basketball. So she can quote all sorts of things like recipes to Higgins, but she hasn't actually had the food. At her heart, she is still a kid. She wants her chicken fingers and her her, her tacos, spaghetti, sp- and her tacos. And she yeah. wants, yeah, she wants tacos. And that, that's the moment where she says, "You're right. I don't want this. Let's blow this joint and get a taco." But first, let's stop by the living room. At which mm-hmm. point, that we get a really nice hi guys from Magnum mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, planning a garage sale. And they, you know, they're because the the two creeps are like pouring. Uh, items from the the living room into a uh, like a, a gunny sack, a hefty they're, bag. Yeah, they're really, they're I was really going to say a pillowcase, but basically, it, it re- yeah, it is really they left they left the the can of who hash. Yeah, and that is about it, <laughs> and that's about it. But yeah. and, and then in one of the most I would say ludicrous moments in the in the story, but it's fine. We'll let it go. Mm-hmm. They say, "Oh, we knew all along that this would happen. Everything that you've gotten is a fake. We replaced all the items that you previously saw we've, here with duplicates uh, that are false." <laughs> we've replaced all of the antiquities in this room with clear duplicates. Let's watch. Let's you watch. say that, and yet everything we know about Robin Masters suggests that yes, he does have duplicates a room of everything. Full of duplicates <laughs> that you would that you would yeah. roll out to to trick people. I mean, then there was that one episode, right, where he, where it's all he's waiting upstairs for the the person. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I totally believe that. I thought yeah, that was yeah, I buy that it. was consistent with the character. <laughs> so so they do all that, and they're like, oh, we got caught, and then like the the the, the coup de gras is that Magnum says oh yeah also lee the guy in the pickup told me some stuff about what you guys are up to so he's gotten the oaky uh <laughs> the, on there on and he spilled 
the beans well, too. Well, Tom so. Joad was always a good egg, and wherever a cop <laughs> is beating up some guy, he'll be he'll there. be there. Whenever two two creeps are are stuffing <laughs> a bunch of priceless uh, Ming sculpture, you know, into, I'll rat him out to a private into a gunny sack. I'll be there. Yeah. I won't be there, but I will tell the the private investigator who will later be there. Yeah, that that's a long way to go for a. Tom Joad bit, but we did it. Uh, they play a basketball game. There's a lot of really not interesting footage of kids playing basketball because it's not that interesting. Nope. Magnum uh, chastises... Yeah, people bet on it, apparently. Uh, yeah, Magnum chastises Willie to not take uh, low percentage shots, which is a thing. Uh, I'd like to just briefly enter a new segment here called Jason's Adventures in 7th and 8th grade basketball. Okay. Uh, uh, the only organized sport... I would say that I played that wasn't like intramurals in college. Well, okay. I, I played peewee baseball when I was in like first grade, first, second grade. And then in college, I played intramural sports. We did water polo and tennis and softball. Wow. But in seventh and eighth grade, I was on my elementary school's basketball team. We were terrible because, I mean, I was on the team. We were not very good. <laughs> there was a kid on our team. Uh, named Paul Creech. I'm just going to say his name. I, I, I hope I don't summon him. Uh, <laughs> he was our best shooter. He was a very good shooter. So much so that he decided it was kind of boring to just like take the shots he could make regularly. And increasingly, he would just take shots from further and further away to see if he could do it. And at one point, I said to him, Paul, stop taking those shots that you're missing. Take the shots that you make, you can make. And he was very offended. And on the playground one day, he decided to call me out for asking him to take higher percentage shots on our, on our basketball team. And he said he wanted to fight me. I immediately took one step toward him. And he ran away. So don't be a coward like Paul Creech. <laughs> Instead, Willie Henderson, listen to Magnum and uh, pass the ball. Or take a better shot. Anyway. Take, take your high percentage shots. She, she, pa- she wasn't a Paul Creech. She passed the ball to the fat kid under the basket who missed it and they lost the game. Yeah. But they learned an important lesson. <laughs> yes. Which is listen to Magnum and you'll lose the game, but yes. you'll be a team <laughs> and fight, player. And fight Paul Creech. <laughs> and and you don't have to you don't have to fight Paul Creech because he's actually a coward who should you take better shots. He should take better yeah. shots. So, since yeah. we're sharing tales of uh of basketball heroics from the six, seven. There was no three. heroism in my tales, Phil. <laughs> there was oh, there's a- none in mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> in sixth grade, I, I played on a, a team. It was coached by my father, um, who, uh, for reasons that he'll have to explain to God, made me the point guard. <laughs> I was actually I was okay at passing. I, I, I was okay. not bad at that. Couldn't hit a bull in the ass with a bag of rice if I if I tried shooting, mm-hmm. but. Um, one uh, game, my dad was actually away, and so um, that was the game that I scored an all-time career high, double-digit score, and my dad was not there. That was the one incident. The other incident that I recall from my youth basketball days is I played 
um, against a kid who went on to play varsity and for all I know, college basketball as a, as a, as an older fellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at the age of 12, he was about three times the size of the rest of us. And <laughs> yeah. because I was the point guard, he got to defend me. And one time I had to inbound the pass and he just stuck out his giant moon-sized paw. <laughs> and the ball ricocheted off his hand and into my face. And when I came to, oh. it was to the sound of his coach admonishing oh. him, hey, take it easy on that guy. <laughs> he he sucks. Take it easy on the work. <laughs> and I was uh, well, I'm just going to pass out some more. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. I'll fight Paul Cree. He seems Creech. like a Creech, the, like Creech. creature. Yes. He's a creature. You, you got to stop saying him because you say it three times. I know. Gonna and Paul Creech is going to appear. He's going to appear. Well, I, He's going to take an ill advised uh, low percentage shot and then you, disappear. You and then uh, run. I, I haven't said run. Nene's name and the in Nathaniel's name in the the mirror three times because he's going to show up and deflect a ball into my face <laughs> again. Could be, it's possible. Yeah, yeah I good. I managed to not play basketball except in in gym I, class. Well, that's the best thing, you which could do, was really. the move. Yeah. Children do not play um, basketball. It's no, a let me tell you. Sport. I was I was okay at free throws. I could I could hold my own there. But after uh, catching a basketball with my solar plexus, I didn't really like playing basketball Phil, much. You, you said it's a terrible sport. I, I thought that basketball was my favorite sport. I love it how they dribble up and down the court. Oh, you didn't think I was going to do a Curtis Blow reference, did you? But there it was. A, a terrible it reference. Was, oh, it was the oh, Curtis being, Blow being, never played basketball. Oh, oh, being Magnum, oh, it was the big oh, blow. Horrible. Oh. Throw it down, big man. <laughs> blow is the operative term. So uh, Magnum's team loses, but they all learn a they valuable learn lesson it. about something or other. Winning isn't everything. Uh, to which Willie says, come on, man, these are the 80s. Winning is everything. And I'm like, fair enough. You got it. Fair enough. She knows she would have made it. And Magnum says, yeah, maybe. But winning isn't everything. Um, and that's it. That's Basket Case. Yeah, we, we don't even find out if she like is found, put in a better a foster home. Or... Does Magnum adopt nope. her and there's a whole new show where it's Magnum and Willie? Is yeah. she living on the or... estate? No, or because as, she she walks away from his tedious lecture, and then he walks away from Higgins' tedious lecture. Yes, that's, that's which was a nice a nice no, game. Uh, I'm sure. not saying I'm not am I complaining. No, but I'm no, just no, 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 no. That, that this is a uh, this was a perfectly entertaining episode, and so I, yeah. I I think congratulations for listener Ted are in, in order. This is a I think yeah. I think all Magnum sports episodes are inherently good. I think you're probably right. However, There's one that I can think of that how, no. However, Phil, but, there is a question. And it's from this new segment. Uh, it's oh, no. a it's a letter from a listener. This comes yeah. from a listener Clark, who says, "I love this podcast as much as I love Magnum." Oh, I no. hmm? I, I don't know what how to feel about that. I just finished listening <laughs> and then watching each corresponding episode, and it's hilarious. I'd love to hear your unbridled enthusiasm for season six, episode twenty. A little bit of luck, a little bit of grief, wherein TC and Magnum oh. try and stop developers from destroying the baseball field. Rick finds himself on an overly long episode of Great Value Brand Price is Right. And it's a lottery and then gets screwed over. Is this a listener Blair level episode? Oh, Find boy. out, writes listener Clark. I don't know. 
almost a little bit of a sporting sport episode with the baseball. Yeah, field. it's a sport episode, but it's also season six. <laughs> yeah, conflicting yeah. forces. I just want to point out to listener Blair. Listener Clark did not call out. I mean, listener Clark yeah. did mention listener Blair, but did not insult listener Blair. No, I think I think right. that was, was a fair mention. Yes, yes. Mr. Fair's fair reference. Body track record <laughs> so, of, uh, of episode yes. recommendations. So, Lister Clark noted, noted. We yeah. don't, we don't necessarily get them because, because that brings me to a previous request, which uh-huh. was from Listener Brandon. The Lister, very same that that uh, Lister Brandon who insulted Listener Blair and Listener uh-huh. Blair took umbrage last oh episode. Oh boy! Wow! I just want to point out, tick- Listener Brandon did recommend Pleasure Principle w- involving Higgins dancing to Miami Sound Machine, and said it would be awesome if you guys could cover that episode. It's season eight, so it's not the best understatement, oh, but it can't be worse oh, no. than a Listener Blair request. Listener oh, Blair was very angry no. about that. No. Oh, Our yes, next episode is. Pleasure Principle. Oh, come chicky baby, baby. Do that conga. So get ready for that. And listener Blair, uh, sharpen your knives. I feel much better about last episode. Yeah. Just anything else before we go. No. No. <laughs> We've done it all. All right. Oh, well, that's oh oh, yeah. oh hang on, hang on. Okay. Uh, there's a point I knew David Higgins. would always have something else. Higgins is is telling a story at one point about uh, his cousins Alistair and Eunice, and I suddenly thought, what are the odds that they look exactly like John Hillerman? Indeed. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Magnum Podcast. We'll be back. <laughs> our our schedule's a little irregular right now, but we're trying to get we're getting it together. We've we're, got a few more getting, episodes to do before the season's there. over. We're, we'll get back. We're to getting it. we're getting back into the flow oh. of the game. Keeping up, keeping up. A, a, a schedule is important. Pacing. Coach Wood used to tell me if you can't bank three podcasts in a row, why not? Why bother? They weave in and out of one yeah. another. David, your your Walton is becoming um, Kermit. It's Kermit. Yeah. I was just I was literally just gonna say Hi there, Bill Walton. I'm Bill Walton and this is the Muppet Show with our very it's special it's guest. It's Coach John Coach Oh, you see Bruins. Oh, it's been Magnum Podcast. I've been Jason Snell. They've been David J. Lauren, Philip Michaels. Bye guys. In the words of the great Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft. Yaksha topish toshi topish sweet Georgie Brown Daisa wooza pelesh kuza sweet Georgie Brown I yield my time Well in the words of the great Bill Walton horrible brutal <laughs>